Hello and welcome to Please Watch This, a film podcast where two film-loving mates with gaps in their film-viewing history recommend films to each other so they can once and for all find out who has better taste in films. I'm Sam, and as always, this is Hugh. Hugh, it's lockdown, I'm assuming you're fine, nothing's changed. I mean, the way you said the opening to that, you went, please watch this, as if like you weren't entirely sure <laughs> I'm Ron Burgundy. What we're doing. Yeah, I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> yeah, but no, yeah, it's not, I mean, technically it's not like full-blown lockdown, is it, anymore? It's more like, it's tiered lockdown, but I'm in tier three, which is, yes, this is lockdown by another name, you know. Yeah, that added to the, the winter yeah. stuff. I, I'm, I assume most people are like us and we're living basically in lockdown. It's just... I'm, I'm essentially like a troglodyte with a window. Because, <laughs> you know... la di da Yeah, yeah, show off. Yeah, to, to look at the look at me and me windows. Um, but yeah, it, get, it gets light about eight and dark about four, so... Right, yeah, you know, yeah. So and it was completely Ricketts cloudy today. on the menu, but it's dessert. It's not coming immediately, but it's... What's that, sorry? Ricketts, Ricketts. is on the menu. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's... Yeah, better watch out for that. <laughs> that might explain why my calf keeps cramping up. <laughs> <laughs> and the spine curvature. It happens to the yeah. best of us. The, the incessant bleeding gums. <laughs> Yeah, you know, add it to the menu of uh, health problems we've all developed over this weird yeah, year. It's, yeah, it's the, you know, add it to the psychosis, <laughs> the, you know, the lockdown psychosis, you know. It must be a great time to be like a shrink, I guess, at the minute. Hey, what, my students who are going in to do in psychology at uh, further ed- higher education, I, you know, this is a... They're well-versed. They're, well, they're, they're going to be right in it, in and amongst yeah. it. Uh, yeah. Speaking of uh, being cooped up in a in a place you can't leave we're watching a film we watched the film uh, on a boat where they're cooped on up and they sort of can't it? leave they can only invite people oh. every other Saturday I mean they can leave they just choose not to technically I mean, we're not, yes physically yeah, yes, I mean, legally yes yeah. they just don't don't worry don't worry listeners it's not the uh, the Sylvester Stallone film <laughs> Prison Break <laughs> thankfully is it called Prison Break I thought it was called something else I don't give a fuck. The one with Sly Stallone and Schwarzenegger? Schwarzenegger. Yeah, no, it's not Prison Break, is it? It's something else. It's another name, it's yeah. It's hard time break. Strong men yeah. getting all sweaty. Yeah. It's not a gay porn oh, or something. I mean, <laughs> depends how you watch it. Depends what you're doing while you watch yeah. it. I mean, indeed. And it's all about context. Um, so we are yeah, going to discuss the 2009 Richard Curtis penned and directed the book that escape rocked. plan escape plan Sorry. that's it escape plan and it was something yeah. shit <laughs> escape plan yeah so this is not escape plan it's not no. that macho in that sense uh, but yeah it's 2009 Richard Curtis's The Book That Rocked I'll give you a little synopsis if you're not familiar with it or you've not seen it for a while if you haven't seen it we are full of spoilers this follows a sort of you know they've taken some liberties with the truth but it's sort of vaguely based on a true story Radio Caroline pirate radio playing uh, rock and roll 24 hours a day back in the mid 60s when the bbc only played it for 30 minutes a day they, they saw it as you know immoral and uh, you know long hair sideburns kind of kind of lifestyle so you know counterculture. absolutely and it's an all-star cast you know i won't read the full list but the big names philip seymour hoffman bill nye Nick Frost, Reece, Ifans, Reese Darby, lots of big names are there. It's a Richard Curtis film, so he's got a couple of staples, but actually he's branched out a little bit for Richard, Richard Curtis, I'll be honest. Uh, also Kenneth Branagh and, um, Kenneth Branagh. and, and your man, what's, what's your man's name from Pirates of the Caribbean and Coupling? That guy, was it Steve or something? Um, 
I can never remember his name. It's Jack Davenport. Jack Davenport, that's right. He's in Pirates of the Caribbean and Coupling, as mentioned. Yeah. So, yeah, he, he another, another boat film that he's in. Um, so, they are Radio Caroline and the very grey, dull, conservative, well, seemingly conservative, they never actually mentioned, um, government are trying to shut them down. It's mm. a very long, meandering plot with, with a lot of just random stuff that happens, but fundamentally, it's their fight against being shut down whilst also... Welcoming aboard young Carl, who's going to get initiated into it and figure out how the boat works. They're raucous, they're rock and roll, and it's got... It was a £50 million pound, uh, dollar budget. I'm assuming $49 million was spent on the rights to the music. It's a <laughs> music-heavy sort of film. So, Hugh, yeah. would you be interested in knowing what I like about it? Not particularly, oh. but if you've got to, go on then. Certainly if I'm going to play it at that sort of key, if I'm going to talk at that key the whole time. You could you could always do it in the style of a Radio Two do DJ <laughs> like I'll, Steve I'll Wright. Oh well, it's no no like afternoon oh, okay, slot yeah, like yeah. Steve Wright. You know, well this is what I really liked about the film. <laughs> I need you to sort of clap tell us what you think, listeners, and give me your Sorry? sort of g- clap a lot and give me some really vapid observations you've made about everyday life. That's what I need you to do when I make these Steve Wright. <laughs> Guess so. And then I need you to just yeah. like do a lot. Doesn't of everyone have a draw with dead batteries in it? <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you go outside and it's not raining and you've got an umbrella. What is the point of that? Sometimes you go out and it's raining and you don't have an umbrella. Oh! <laughs> I've got to fill four hours of this every single afternoon for 30 yeah. years. Um, yeah. So... Right, this, this Let's th- ring people up and say we had sex with their daughter. <laughs> oh, no, wait. That's, that's a different... Very diff- different. Very different. Uh, yeah. whole, whole thing that's... Yeah. Um, that was literally the first episode of that show I listened to, the Russell Brand show. That was me getting into the show, hearing yeah, into, well, hearing Jonathan Rossi. Controversy. I fucked your granddaughter and then I think, you know, that's interesting. That's a funny first episode for me to listen to this sh- of the show and then they got cancelled from there <laughs> and I listened to the whole back catalogue and, you know, listener, if you don't know who Matt Morgan is, look him up. He's got a really good podcast. Uh, anyway, he, oh, he was, he was his co-host, but not that. Day. Yeah, I'm gabbling. So basically, I'm gabbling. so so yeah. So let's let's keep it toy. Right. What do you like about toy this film? Toy Tiger. So I yeah. genuinely chose this film because we watched Anonymous last week, and Reese fans was the only good thing in that film. And I thought, oh, let's watch a Reese fans film that I found fun. In your opinion, by the uh, way, that, that feels perfectly fine. <laughs> That's always assumed, uh, but it is objective fact also. Um, no, okay, so it's not objective fact. I chose this film. <laughs> it's just been sat there on on Hugh's watch list uh, for the year, really. And I remember enjoying this film, but not loving this film, and realizing that I, not everybody loves it. And I watched it last night, and I don't know what it was, but I absolutely loved it. And I think part of it is I got. Do you ever get just the perfect amount of drunk? Yeah, every now and then. But it's usually I mean, for like one drink and then you have happened. another one and it ruins it. Yeah, yeah. It's the uh, old, it's like the two and a half pints, isn't it? Sort that sort of, of thing. Um, yeah, I had like three yeah, fingers of this really nice thing. sipping liqueur stuff. Yeah. Uh, Deep South style liqueur from Asda, uh, twelve ninety nine, And it, I just I just felt, every, you know when some sometimes people ask you when they're trying to get to know you a little bit, you know, what kind of music are you into? And I normally sort of say kind of... 60-ish kind of rock and basically I should just point them towards the soundtrack of this film because you know this film is a soundtrack with some pretty stuff happening around it but I really got into it I really liked it I really liked the the whole shtick I found lots of things funny I didn't laugh out loud that much but I was vague, you know amused by a lot of stuff always the sign of a good film if you don't of a comedy yeah and you know like I think I mentioned in a previous episode at some point in the last you know year and a half that we've been doing this show that I really like comedies 
that aren't fully comedies. So when we did Sideways, I said, you know, this is the sort of film that if somebody says, what kind of film do you want to watch? That's the sort of film I want to watch. A comedy that's not an all and out comedy. Right. Comedy. You know, it's it's comedy, but it's kind of... Yeah. The jokes are in, incidental. It, yeah, it's like the comedy is happens because of what they've done, not because they're whip cracking jokes yeah. out every two seconds. Exactly. Yeah. And a good comedy is fine, but I, you know, in terms of films, I always want to watch in my favourite films. It tends to be incidental comedies, and uh, I just found that I really enjoyed this film. You know, and Richard Curtis, I'm hot and cold on. I love some of his films. I really can't stand some of his films. You know, we're coming up to Christmas. I really can't stand Love Actually. I just don't find it endearing. Or <laughs> so you're the only one in Britain who doesn't like Love Oh, actually. trust me, there are dozens of us. There are dozens. 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 Yeah, there's dozens. Yeah, trust me, there's plenty yeah. of people who don't like that film. And usually it stems from, actually, we don't like any of the people in the film or don't really believe in the romances and that sort of thing. I mean, it's crazy that you like this film, but not Love Actually. But I can see yeah, that. Yeah, I can definitely see that. So it's weird. It's a weird... It's a weird... <laughs> Venn diagram you fit into it there. Is, I'm not gonna it lie. is, and I'm sure, listener, if you're part of that diagram, tell us about it. Um, yeah. But what I've, I just, I really like that the the film seems to understand the the pleasure of rock and roll, you know, and rock music, and and the, and the era that they're in. Um, and you know, you, I, I know that we, we, I sometimes make fun of you for being a bit of a stickler when it comes to historical accuracy. And to be honest, you've not actually made that many criticisms of things for historical inaccuracy. It's just a prejudice I've got about your 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 opinion. Um, and this this film has so many in the sense that it'll play songs that were released two years after the film is set. Does it really? Yeah. I even know but that. I would rather listen to <laughs> "Won't Get Fooled Again" by the Who than its equivalent before <laughs> it came out in 1969 or 71 or whenever it came out. Some songs are from <laughs> literally five years later. You know, "Father and Son" by Cat Stevens is a song I love, but it didn't come out until after this film and in the moment where there's a father and son moment, I'd rather listen to Father and Son by Cat Stevens than, you know, whatever equivalent we could find from before it. So yeah, great mm-hmm. cast. I really enjoyed it. I, I'll, I'll mingle this with what I think you might not like, and that is that it is a very long film. It's uh, 2.15, I think, 2 hours 15. Right. And it's a very meandering plot. It's not a tight plot at all. We'll get into it a little bit when we talk about the criticisms. Um it's not a tight plot at all and I think there's a very good chance you got bored but for me I just because I was just in the right mindset I just enjoyed being in the company of this this uh, you know cast of characters really um, and just a little side note I liked that Catherine Parkinson's character gets a, a, a love interest of her own by the end and I felt quite emotional not no maybe not emotional yeah a bit, a bit emotional about that so she's the she's the only woman on board but she's a lesbian and it's treated as a bit of a joke but actually when she managed to find love with a woman I was actually quite touched by it um not by myself and <laughs> just to <laughs> hasten to and I quite like it when a minor character gets uh, the resolution to their story arc or something like that and it hits me more than a lot of the main characters so like have you seen the American version of The Office all the way through uh, no, no, I haven't. I've never even seen. I've never even seen a single episode. I've well, seen bits and pieces here and there. Please watch this. It's very good. It is very good. Yeah, I hear that. Yeah. I hear the first series is quite hard to get through, though, because it's quite basically like it's, it's, it's like the, the British, British, British yeah. version, yeah. And then they find their feet, and it's it's genuinely really good. Is it very? Is it different by the end? If that makes sense, I know that. Like, should I watch it when Michael Scott leaves? Uh, yeah, yeah. Like the the last two series after him aren't as good as the original, but actually, there's there's a lot of good things in it really is yeah um 
Yeah. Anyway, we're not, for, we're not here to talk about forget that. Forget that it's based Let's... on the American, the English office is what I'd suggest. Yeah. But anyway, imagine it's like a different sitcom. There is a character who's been in the show for less time than a lot of other people, a lot of other characters, and their arc isn't even one you realise needs... Um, you know, a resolution to it. And that was the biggest crying moment in the last couple of episodes. So for those who do know it, I'm talking about Erin and her kind of, the resolution to her, her arc. And that hit me way more than all the main characters that you're supposed to care more about. Uh, and it kind of just, mm. I don't know, I just really liked that about this. That's that's so flippant. Maybe that is the drunk part uh, talking. That is the last note that I made, so that's probably where I was most drunk. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I Please watch Sam get drunk. <laughs> talk about the film while he was drunk. So I think that you will like this film for the most part, uh, or at least that you'll, you know, I think you like this kind of music, so I think that'll be a part of it. Maybe in your in your reactions you'll go, terrible film, yeah. great soundtracks, possible. I think it's impossible not to talk about the attempted rape in the film if we're going to criticise it. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's... No, I suppose it's rape. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. That's the thing. This is like the film Revenge of the Nerds. But he it, actually goes through with it, and I think he like has sex with a popular girl because she thinks he's a boyfriend. I mean, I'll be honest. At no point did I think he was actually going to like slip it in. No, quite no, frankly, because it would go. And I far. suppose, and it's it's treated in such a light-hearted way that you don't. And it, yeah, like, yeah, I suppose it is a bit. It's a bit weird, but I, there's no, it's not like, there's no malice in it, is there? No, and I was wondering how you'd feel about I that. Never even, yeah, I never even, yeah. It's yeah, the I sort of really thing that could cancel a film if this was think, released a I, couple of years later when Twitter really yeah. got into it. So I put a... Could you do that now? I, I don't think so. Hmm. I, I put a post in uh, on the socials to get a bit of thought, and honestly about a third of the responses were, no, it, it makes fun of rape, basically. Um, so one person right. said that... Uh, always found it odd that a comedy could be based on a case of statutory rape myself. I don't <laughs> think the comedy's based... I mean, maybe the comedy of a scene is based on that. I don't think it's statutory rape either, because he's like Statu- 18. No, well, that, that's what people normally mean when they say... But I think in this case it just means like a non-violent assault. Maybe, maybe also, somebody says... Uh, there is a, there is a comedy in inverted commas rape scene, and that, to me, ruins it. Apologies for using that word over and over again, listener. Um, but it is technically true that this film gets that completely wrong but you know what it doesn't mean that the film is amoral and heinous if a character is going to do something that's amoral and heinous he says it's morally wrong and I don't think he gets laughs out of it but I'm I'm more than willing to be you know disagreed with as is rarely the case but anyway so you know it seems like that didn't ruin the film for me when when we get into it let's discuss it a bit more if if it's something that's actually a real talking point yeah we can, or we can ignore it completely. It's entirely, entirely how we feel. So, yeah, so Just I, like the judiciary. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, yeah, this film, I, I genuinely don't know how you feel. I think if, if you said I love this film, I'd be pleasantly surprised. If you said you were right. lukewarm on it, I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. If you say you really didn't like it at all, I'd think, okay, fair enough. So I love this film, but in the same way that, you, as you know, I love the film Cemetery Junction, but I know it's not that good a film. Kind of yeah. like this. I love this film, but if you said you don't like it, I'm not going to bleed. You're not going to... Out the ears. Yeah. You're not going to start, like, talking about how much you hate it, like, 
Or I'm not going to start going, oh, yeah, you know that film, like, the boat that rocked? Oh, yeah, I hate that film that everyone else thinks is a, a classic, <laughs> like The Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's not going to be a running theme, is it? It took no. me a year to come around to making it a five or six out of ten. Yeah, <laughs> right, lovely. So, this, so uh, we're going to take a little break. After that break, we're going to find out Hugh's views. We are. after the break. Isn't it great that they rhyme, like Sam's jams? I, I, I need a word with my mum to talk about. This is this. See, this would be where you would say, "What are Sam's jams?" Because yeah. there's songs in it. You see, yeah, smart, but we yeah. can't. Well, it's, 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 no, it's ruined. <laughs> it's ruined. Right, talk to you after the break. Bye. Welcome back to Please Watch This. We are ready for Hugh's views. Um, this is a, a tricky one. We, it's not a, it's not low-hanging fruit. He loves it, he hates it, he's indifferent. Those are the three options only. We're not going to find out until the end of the review, I'll be honest, because he gives us what he likes. Hugh, give us what you liked. So... So you said at the beginning, you said, you know, this is loosely based on Radio Caroline, which was, you know, a pirate rock radio station, wasn't it? I think, did that, was it in the 60s? And was. I think it even was in the 70s as well, maybe? Well, it shut down in 67. Oh, was it? All right, okay. Did, was there another pirate rock radio station then? I simply don't know. After that? I, sim- I wish I could have done all the necessary yeah, research. I, I simply didn't. Yeah. I always thought it was carried on into the 70s, to be honest, so... The fact that it was over by the 60s, yeah, fair enough. But, you know, the, they did decide to put rock and roll on normal radio, which mm-hmm. was a good idea. Um, so, what? yeah, so I think that's a cool... I think it's a, it's something that you could definitely make a film about. And I must admit, I actually thought that this was going to be a bit more closely tied to that premise of Radio Caroline mm-hmm. uh, instead of it just being its own rock radio, yeah. I think it's called, or Radio Rock. But that's fine, you know, it's, it is what it is and... Yeah, so you know, this is a unique thing that happened. That you know, that I, I don't know what the how the authorities reacted to it and all that. Um, I'm guessing they weren't too happy. Um, so yeah. Well, did you not um, see the film? They hated it. He absolutely hated it, Hugh. I don't, yeah, did you not see those bits with Kenneth Branagh. I did. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it's, people don't talk about it really. If it was anything like this film, you'd think people would talk about it all the time. Tony Blackburn was one of the. Uh, you know, DJs on this Radio Caroline. It's so rock and roll, so cool as an idea that I'm surprised that people don't talk about it more. Yeah, it's, I suppose. And I suppose we had like an almost, yeah, we had like a mini sort of, um, you know, we had a mini revival of this when, you know, internet radio was a thing, wasn't it? People would listen to, I can't remember any. Napster versus Metallica. Yeah, kind of, yeah. But there was, like, I'm sure there was a radio station. I can't remember it, but, you know, that was kind of technically, because it wasn't under the jurisdiction. Jurisdiction, I can't say that word. Easy for you to say. Indeed, yeah, and I've not even been drinking. Um, You know, (laughs) they weren't bound to have to play, like, you know, I know that they have, there's certain rules, like, they have to play, like, the news every hour or something like that on normal radio and you know, on these commercial... That's mental, to be honest, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, but it's just... They see it as you're doing a public broadcast, so you must have the interest of public at heart, so they give you, like, news and, you know, sport and weather and things like that, and that's that. But, yeah, um, yeah, you mentioned it already, but there's, you know, they, you know, they probably did spend about 25 million quid on the, on the... uh, Because it doesn't look like a fifty million dollar film, does it? I mean, the the boat's presumably expensive. The cast is expensive. It looks beautiful, but 
the amount of music they play in this. I thought, is this a BBC film? Have they just got that blanket rights thing? Yeah, I'm not even... T- no, there's no Beatles. I'm not 100% sure how they managed to uh, mm. to secure it all. But yeah, I, I mean, I didn't know that there were songs in that that had come out after this time period. But that's... It is what it is, do you know what I mean? They fit the... They're, they're, um, they're kind of period appropriate, aren't they? Yeah, and, and again, it's only... Like, I was a bit surprised when they played Jimi Hendrix because I thought, yeah, he's not famous until at least a year after this in England. But then these are the kind of guys who'd have their ear to the ground and know his records. But again, who who cares? You'd rather they play Jimi Hendrix than whoever they could have played. Yeah. Um, there are some funny bits in it, undeniably. You know, um, like it is funny when he comes out and she turns the light on. I mean, yeah. I, I, I mean, I don't know what she was expecting. Or he was expecting, like he's you know Nick Frost's exactly thin, and this guy's. It's a terrible plan. Yeah, and it was always going to fail, both morally and logistically. Yeah, terrible plan. Yeah, and maybe that's what undercuts the, any sort of problem with it. That you go, well, this isn't going to work, is it? No, no. It's just it's like it's, set, it's, just it's one of those jinx. set up to fail, isn't it? T- teenage yeah. failure jinx thing. I, I mean, to be fair, I'm surprised they didn't get a bit further and her be like, "Oh, you're really thin. What? Eh? This doesn't mm. make sense." And then she turns the light on and freaks out. It was just literally yeah. she freaks out, turns the light on, and then it cuts away to something else. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, I mean, yeah, there's there's tits in it. There's. Multiple tits. There's a considerable amount of tits in one... Even number of tits. Specific scene, yeah. Dozens. More than dozens. At least 20 <laughs> pairs. You counted it. You you were paused for a long enough time to count it. I know, <laughs> a couple but of times. You, could, you could tell there was at least 20 people in that room. Um, yeah, so in a very tits. believable scenario. Um, and then, yeah, Hippie Dunkirk, as I've called it here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Kenneth Branagh's in it as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, the, yeah, there's that bit's kind of nice ending, I suppose. Mm. You know, it all goes a bit HBO, doesn't it, at the end? Yeah, um, yeah. No, I love that moment. So I wasn't expecting the the way it ended. I did wonder. I was wondering how they were going to end it and how it was going to get shut down. And you know, I enjoyed the whole peril of the. The ship suddenly yeah. sinking, and the real ship did actually sink. Did I don't it? think it was anything as dramatic as that, but it did actually sink. Oh dear! So yes, yeah, so that's you know that's some of the some of the stuff I enjoyed. Um, so shall I tell you what maybe I didn't like about this film? Shall yeah, I'm know? getting a sense you're a bit flat on this. Um, I'm, I think I'm thinking a six out of ten at best. So you know, like there's that saying, isn't there? It's like if you remember the '60s, um, you weren't there. <laughs> that basically sums this film up in a nutshell. So there is like they're a bit square. Well, like there is, you know, some actually something I did forget to mention and what I liked, like Philip Seymour Hoffman and Reese Fans are really good in this. They're both, yeah. they're both like especially I Philip Seymour Hoffman does an amazing job. You know when he's talking about, excuse me, I'll start again. Um, you know he's really <laughs> good in this when he's uh, talking about. Uh, what is it, you know, rock and roll and this being the best days of his life and, you know, he's talking to the main character and saying, oh, you don't realise it now and all that stuff. And yeah, he's really powerful and I like the rivalry he has with, he has with, um, he has the rivalry with Reese fans character who's, what's the Reese fans character called again? Uh, Gavin, isn't obviously it? obviously called Gavin. Yeah, yeah. Gavin's <laughs> some brother and he's the Count, Yeah. So yeah, they have like that little rivalry, and 
the mates because they both jumped off the radio tower into the water and nearly died. I do like that as a resolution to their rivalry. Instead of actually hurting each other, it's for something else. Uh, I thought that was really good, that idea. Yeah, and I mean, that part of the film's quite sad as well on Chris O'Dowd's character. He's really mugged off and she's a bit of a bitch to him and Gavin doesn't... She, he wasn't. I think there's a sense that he wasn't really on board with it, but he didn't do anything to stop it. And that's why he's angry. Yeah, he's got this beautiful woman who was going to throw herself at him. He's like, okay, uh, I'm not going to encourage this, but uh, yeah, yeah, I'll read the rewards. Yeah. Um, you know, it's an unusual kind of twist, isn't it? Um, so yeah, when I say if you remember the 60s, you weren't there then. So essentially, there's a lot of people talking about, oh, this boat, you know, it was a hedonist dream, you know, full of sex, drugs and rock and roll. And the rock and roll is definitely there. And yeah. the sex is implied and the drugs are <laughs> mentioned, but there's no like, there's no scene where somebody's like getting high AF, is there? Or drinking mm-hmm. loads and no, the, yeah. there's just, it's just kind of mentioned. And, and it, I, I checked the, the rating for this film, it's a 15. And, yeah. you know, other than the uh, copious amounts of boobs you see. That must be the boobs, yeah. That must be that's the boobs. it, isn't it? The, I th- I th- six F words. I thought it was a 12 when I was watching it. I think there's yeah. a few F words, yeah. yeah. Um, I think that's true. I think I'm right in saying you've not seen About Time. Is that right? Yeah. So that's a Richard Curtis time travel film, essentially, but it's everything's dialed right down and the warmth and joy. And So I watched an, I watched an interview with Bill Nye and he's basically saying, yeah, uh, we, we tried to make a film. He said, films that are seen as searingly honest, they're all grim. They're really honest about how grim things are. He said, this is searingly honest about joy and fun and positive emotions and that sort of thing. And I think... That is to its strength, but also you make a very valid point. It's not very rock and roll, this film, in the no, grungy... It, it is you know. It is like somebody who was told about the 60s retelling somebody else about the 60s. Mm. And, yeah, I think this film kind of... I like I like Richard Curtis films. Like I like I like Love Actually. I think it's a good film. I like Four Weddings. Um, you know, he, I like all the stuff he did on Blackadder. You know, he is a talented writer-director. There's no doubt about that. Um, but this film, man, is just so shit. Oh, really? So crap, yeah. I should I should say something more erudite, but I just couldn't think of a better word. It's just like, so, you know, you like Blackadder, don't you? Yeah, I love it. You know, there's that yeah. joke in Blackadder, oh, darling, you know, that's funny, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. You, la- you laughed yeah. at that, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. It was always totally funny when cuts everything. Yeah, and it's clearly a nod to that. Yeah, and he's always he's always laughing. Is you know he's always like screwing his face up every time. Mm-hmm. Melchit says, "Darling." Yeah, so that joke worked in that film in that show, didn't it? Don't fucking work here, does it? <laughs> oh, twat! Is that with two T's? Fuck me! That yeah. that that was just a terrible joke. It's just not funny. And he's going, "Oh, you've done great work there, twat." Yeah, he has, yeah, for what he's done, what he's employed to do. And there's also a, an inference that this twat guy is kind of maybe into this guy's daughter, who's probably about 20 years younger than he is. She is fit, though. She is she? fit, but that's not the point. <laughs> and then they, they, they pull, like, the like the, that, the, the, uh, the minister in this. He's so one-dimensional. He's yeah. such a character yeah. And, you know, you've got, like, the minister's helper, like, fancies his daughter or something like that. And it's like, she's 20 years younger than you, mate. She is fit, though. <laughs> Doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> she is, but that's not the point. Yeah, I thought they were going to go somewhere with that, actually, and they didn't, surprisingly. Um, what else do I like about this film? 
so yeah um you know the bit when after he meets marianne and he's chatting to her and he throws the condom out the window mm-hmm. and shows how much he likes her and basically says he wants to spend the rest of his life with her in a weird creepy way um he then goes to find a condom, gets one from Gavin, comes back, and in less than five minutes, she's decided, oh, what? do you know what? I've changed my mind. I'm going to sleep with the fat bloke in the room next door. He charmed her. And, uh, you know, she's so like, oh, I don't want to sleep with a, this naive boy. In all of three seconds. In all three seconds, yeah. This, yeah, this, so is, this, is, you know, this is the This is the boat, Hugh. This, you I, don't, you I, don't I'm sorry, but life. first of all, She's a knob. He's a knob. He, so yeah. did he lie when he said he had no more condoms? Was it a ruse? They never, they never really explained I mean, that, he was, he was laying it on thick when he came in to speak to her. Doesn't matter. But you're right, I, just... I didn't like the fact that she was the one he ended up with and would be like, oh, what a, you know, she's the one for him. If she was average looking, you'd think, what an awful, awful person she is. But because she's well fit and she's too overrightly... <laughs> You go, yeah, 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 makes sense. That's why Elon Musk married her. Yeah, and in, yeah. What? Pretty sure he was married to her. I'm gonna double check this. I'm pretty sure she married no, Elon married... Musk back in the back in the day. Back in the day, really? Honestly, mm, I'm fair pretty. I'm pre- she was in St. Trinian's. Just yeah. get a quick Wikipedia. Spouse Elon Musk married 2010, divorced 2012, married 2013, oh. divorced 2016, married twice. Who was she married to second time? Elon Musk, both times. What, she married him twice? Married him twice. Wow. I didn't realise... I never knew that. Yeah. There you go. Didn't you go out with Amber Heard as well? Yes. So if she's anything like a real character, she's probably awful. If she, yeah. maybe she's got a type, absolutely stunning <laughs> psychopaths. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I think he did. I mean, I'm not sure. I never knew that she was married to him. Yeah. I mean, she, like, she's not bad in this film. She does... She's just a terrible person. She's terrible. Terrible. And he and he's like, yeah, fine, whatever. Like, <laughs> and so I really didn't buy that. Um, and the main character, like, you quite like him, but then he's like, oh, every nobody likes me, and I'm so ugly, and <laughs> I'm just a terrible human being. And it's like, mate, you live on a boat where there's women coming to it, where there's <laughs> drugs, there's sex, there's rock. You're literally working for a rock radio <laughs> station. You have like at 18, you have the best life. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I don't think I have nowhere else to go and all this. You, you, you know, he finds out who his dad actually is, even if it is the weird fucking trench monster or whatever <laughs> the hell Bill Nye calls him. Yeah. Trench bearded thing. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, that's, finally... That's teenage years though, isn't it? You know, like that. I don't know. He's just, no, no, it's not like that. No, because he's fine. He's He's a good looking chap. He's... He's got a good... I don't, even if he's not working, working, he's got a decent job. He has a nice life. Oh, there's loads of teens who are like that. They're in good shape. They, they look all right. And they just think that they've got this low self-esteem and they think oh, everything's horrible. And you go, yeah. actually, these are the best days of your life. <laughs> good luck for the next 70. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, so he's nominally the main character in this film, mm-hmm. I guess. He's, he's a like, protagonist in some ways, isn't he? Yeah, he's, or at least he's the, he's the initiate to this. Yeah, he's, he's your he's our point of view. He's your point of view, yeah. isn't he? Yeah, um, yeah the, 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 the storyline itself seems to... It is a bit meandering. You know, you said about it being two and a quarter hours. It's all over and the To place. be honest, it didn't, that didn't really bother me, actually. Oh, it didn't bother me. The length wasn't... You know, there was enough... There's enough in it that 
keeps you going throughout the film that it's it goes from one thing to the next mm-hmm. to the one thing you know it's it's pretty I thought it was quite brisk in a way thankfully no that's good that's good um, I thought that would be the main problem actually no and I liked the fact that he's like oh I think my dad's here and all that and then you find out but then there's no real other than he saves his life there's no real resolution to that to that sort of tension he just goes oh I think you're my dad there are, there are a lot of threads picked up and dropped yeah and that really annoyed me. Mm. <laughs> and then he saves his life, but he doesn't. And then the record gets chucked away by Nick Frost. Anyway. And that's a quite a funny bit. But you know, it's nice. It's father and son, and the, the, there is a bit where he's it, kind because of, he's kind of kind of rejected him. He's, he's he's kind of rejected his father, and then he's like saved his life. And Cat Stephen comes in, and you're like, okay, this is all all fine. But you're right. There's, there's a lot of threads. I still think it would have been better if it had been Bill Nye. You had actually been his dad. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's a more interesting character. This is one of my favourite Bill Nye performances, I think. Which is a strong yeah. field. Uh, you know, very competitive. He's he's, he's very quirky in this. There's a thing. I was just saying I like the I do like the bit when he's like you know, when he's having a go at Twat and he's saying, You don't look like somebody who likes rock music. <laughs> what are you doing? You better get out of here and then he's like congratulating himself yeah. on being like Hard. Well, I think what's really good is he's he's got to be as cool as everyone else, but he's got to have those square edges of yes, but I still need to keep this going. So I'm still going to be you know making sure we don't overstep. I don't want to use the f word on the radio show and all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah. Bill Nye's got an interesting thing he does in. An, I saw him doing an interview, and I thought, oh wow, I thought that was a Bill Nye uh, performance thing. He when he gesticulates and makes a point, he uses his middle finger to do it rather than his index finger and his or his hand and it's just a, this little thing that I go oh yeah I've seen Bill Nye do that as a character in films all the time and I just think I feel like that's the Bill Nye that's what he does in films kind of thing and it just turns out that's kind of what he's like you know this kind of uh, jerky Mick Jagger-esque kind of yeah. angular laconic <laughs> style that he's got and you go oh he's just actually being himself but he's also a world class actor on top of that such a likeable actor Oh yeah, yeah, no doubt. Um, and he's not. Yeah, he's okay in this. He does what he has to do. Um, and then finally, thick Kevin. He's just offensive. He's just <laughs> thick, offensive on so many levels. Like <laughs> he's just—he's about as funny as a flesh-eating disease. Mm, so. Yeah, he's the worst he thing really about is. the latest season of Sherlock on the BBC. All right, he—the the actor he was in—he's um, in an episode of The Crown. Right. This this season that just came out and he's really good in it. He plays the guy who breaks into the Queen's um, <laughs> room. Yeah, oh, really. That's yeah, funny. yeah. There's a whole like episode pretty much dedicated to this guy's life. Wow. Yeah, yeah. He's like a guy who's like he's unemployed. He lives in this like horrible flat. He's got like a what? He's got like an ex girlfriend or wife or whatever uh, who's got a kid, and the the authorities won't let the kid go around and see him because the flat's basically got flood. It's got not flooding, but it's got like yeah, it's got like a water leak that's like flooding the carpet in the hallway, and the the authorities won't let him go around the sea. And he's and he's like going to different agencies trying to get um, you know, like a grant to like fix his flat up so he can see his kids. Right. And yeah, he ends up getting so exasperated with like life that he he breaks into the into <laughs> um, he breaks into the it's Buckingham Palace. Winter into Buckingham Palace. That's what I do when break. I'm having a tough week. <laughs> yeah, oh, fuck it, it. I'm going to Balmoral, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, he does it twice. He, break, he, he in real life he broke in twice. He broke in once and got away with it. 
And then the second time, he actually went into the Queen's room and was like talking to her. And uh, and, she, and it's 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 good. It's probably one of the best bits of the uh, this series. Actually. Where is he now? That that the guy who did that. Did he go to prison for uh, that? Um, he went to like a mental health right. prison, I think. And then yeah, he got out and yeah, he lives in London. Apparently, he's still alive. He's fine, just living his life. Um, so yeah, so Sam, I didn't like this film. Yeah. I really didn't. Um, do you know, like they say, like laughing at this film is a bit like apparently when so like so when like women get raped sometimes they get they might get a bit wet down there, right. but doesn't but it's just like a biological response. Do you know what I mean? So like with this, when I laughed, it was just a biological response because sometimes even in shit things, there can be little bits of, oh. you know, little bits of... Uh, so did you take against quality. it just... Not necessarily, just, not necessarily a moral well. stance, but you just you just didn't... I mean, yeah. What, is it disgust? Look, is it, it revulsion? It's not, it's is it not, just that you weren't... It's, like probably it? not as, it's probably not as bad as rape. Well, I hope like, that's let's be honest. not another point you're going to make. And, and, um, it's just not good. It's just... Like I said, it's like if you remember the 60s, you weren't there. And it's like, you know, this just, it just isn't, this, it just isn't there. It just doesn't work. I don't know what it is. Like, they've got the right actors. They've got the right characters. They've got, you know, that guy who's in the lead, he's perfectly fine. Although I've never seen him anything else since <laughs> this. Um, you know, he's had te- over 10 years to be in other things. Um yeah, it just you know when something's like the sum of its parts mm. and it just doesn't make a whole. That's kind of this is the film that they use to exemplify this. And I said, Richard Curtis can make good films, you know, like despite your hit unnecessary hatred of Love Actually, it's a good film. Yeah. It's a well-made film. Um, I just it's just not. I just I just didn't think it was very believable at mm. times. Like like the minister was too sort of he was too much of a caricature of what Richard Curtis thinks this man might be like rather than what this person would actually be like so yeah and I think that's that's a valid criticism but not one that Richard Curtis would go really you thought he was one dimensional you know it's quite clear that yeah and I see what I mean maybe this is is would you call it manipulative in the sense that you go okay so they're quite clearly showing those are the bad guys these are the good guys it's all sun and they're roses just, and uh, like it's just, like an advert version of the 1960s. Yeah, trying to tell it's, like, phone or, uh, it's like I said, it's like somebody remembering something that they weren't actually privy to. Yeah. And like I said, you could make a, like you said, oh, well, you know, they want to show the joy and the happiness and all that. And um, you can do that and you can have it done in a realistic way. Just in this, it just... It felt like, you know, it's like watch. It was a bit like watching The Vicar of Dibley. You know, it's a, it's like, it was like a sitcom more than a right. than a f- comedy film. Um, yeah, I just didn't enjoy it. I, there was a point in me was like, I was watching it and I was like, could I just stop watching this and see if Sam notices that I haven't watched it all? <laughs> what do you think about the final scene where it turns out that they're all living in this weird universe on top of a tortoise? <laughs> oh, was that the end credit scene? I missed that. I mean, that, that was like the last twenty minutes. Did you see it? <laughs> the transcendental tortoise. <laughs> Easy for me to say. <laughs> <laughs> no, fair I mean, I, yeah, I, 
this is like I said before, it's a film I love, but I'm totally open to the criticism. And but like, it's hard to it's hard to disagree with anything you say. There, it's it's not actually that cool. It, do you know what? I, it's one of those films. Like, it's like I was what, what 2009. I was 21 when this film came out. So there would have been a pat chance. You know, I might have taken a girl on a date to see this film, and thank fuck I didn't. <laughs> no chance. That would have ruined that. Yeah, it would have ruined that <laughs> chance. Yeah. I'm saying, no, yeah. Good luck. Yeah, and the, there are some... Look, it's not like a two or a three, don't get me wrong. Mm. I didn't hate it, but I'm glad I never have to watch it again. So you disliked I being like in it. the company of the film? Yeah. I just, And I would love to watch a film about Radio Caroline. I would actually actively enjoy that, because you could put that fun and that, you know, joie de vivre, that verve for life into that film. But this wasn't it. And like I said, that thick Kevin's just offensive. And you know, you get you've got Kenneth Branagh, and you somehow managed to ruin it. <laughs> you know, they could have given that character. Like I know he's meant to be like this anti-establishment character. Sorry, he's meant to be this establishment character, and he's meant to, you know, he, but he gives out to somebody for a haircut. Like how sad. It's it's on character. It's in character, though, isn't it? And there's maybe, and there's a, there's like his secretary's still working at midnight on New Year's Eve. Well, he's, he's, he's you know he's an even more officious Alan Partridge. Lynn would be doing that. <laughs> Bless her on nine and a half thousand pounds. All right. Well, if, I, if they had a character, if he did a character like Alan Partridge, that would have been funny, Sam. Mm, but, but he wasn't. But, but not, not everyone can just knock up another Alan Partridge. Um, let's get into yeah, some. Kenneth Branagh probably and, could have. He's he's he's. he's, he's He's a talent, but I, you I know, yeah. he's, he's a talent. You know, this is the guy who played Henry V. You know what I mean? <laughs> who can do, who did Iago and you know, well, once more, and... dear friends, into our category that we call favorite scenes and lines. So I feel like we might go around and around the same arguments there. Um, despite not really enjoying this film at all, did you have a favorite scene? Yeah, yeah, I did. Um, it was the scene when I don't know what yours is, but it might be somewhat similar. Um, I I really like the bit when he goes. You're almost ex- there was a part of me that was like the way they set it up. I'm like, oh, this is going to be a joke, and she's going to be awful. But when um, Bill Nye's character's like, oh, I've got a, a niece. She's really lovely, and you know, and he's like, oh, here's Marianne, and he steps out of the way, and he's she's behind him, and she's really lovely and pretty, and um, you know, she like lights up the room, and he lights up, and it's all you know, love at first sight. I really like that. That was very Richard Curtis esque, and it was very. And I like the fact that, like, if she hadn't fucked off with Nick Frost and they just found <laughs> another... Like, even if she'd fucked, like... Right, I think it would have been better if it had been, like, Gavin or if it had been... Um, if it had been the Count. Because they're, like... Nick Frost is really good in this, actually. He's quite funny in it and, you know, he's very Nick Frost. You know, he's he's very competent. It, it would have been better if it was that character or Midnight... Um, whatever his face is. Uh, Midnight... Mark. Midnight Mark, yeah, because you could imagine her going off with a Gavin or a Midnight Mark or even just his, you know, his sheer personality alone of of the Count with... Uh... Yeah, but having said that, I mean, you know, Nick Frost's character, Dave, he is an alpha and, you know, even the we're both self-hating fat guys he's uh, he's a successful <laughs> hey, rock and roll for yourself. <laughs> radio DJ you know so like they get good women on the boat because you know they're... yeah I suppose yeah I can look I can see your argument but yeah. I just I just never bought that that part of it so yeah I would have liked 
Yeah, we. I think that they they set her up so well that it's a shame they ruin her. Yeah, I know what I mean. And then she is she turns up again, and it's like, oh, for all is forgiven. Even though yeah, like he never even we, gives out to her. She just says, oh, "I'm sorry, I really do like you." And, you go, and he's well, so like, I'm, I'm going to trust you now <laughs> again because you're really yeah. beautiful. I'm going to yeah. trust you now. Like I would have been. Do you know what would have been better in this film is if they'd had like two sort of like romance plot lines for that guy. If he had actually met this girl, a different girl, and had slept with her, but they just didn't get like you know like sometimes people get together don't they but they might not have too much in common mm. like they genuinely don't have chemistry they might have like sexual chemistry but they don't have personal chemistry yeah. you could have a whole they could have a chat where, they could have a good old shag yeah where this girl comes on the boat like one of these girls who comes on you know during the um, during the thing yeah when oh, they have all the fans on of it, yeah yeah, when they have all the fans on, they could have had or one of the bridesmaids or something. Yeah. And it could have been like, oh, like they're talking about music or they're talking about something yeah. and she's really up for it and he's really up for it, but neither of them really like each other. They just, she just wants to shag somebody on the boat and he just wants to get laid. I think that would have been better. And then when Marianne comes back, he could be like, well, oh, I've moved on from you and she has to then win him back other than just like fluttering her eyes and <laughs> talking about Teslas or whatever the fuck. <laughs> you know? I, I'm, I'm with you on that. I think I think that's just expediency in, in storytelling. It's, yeah. It's, actually it's, like, about, it's about see a misstep, that, isn't it? It'd be yeah. better off if she... Because she's quite similar looking to Gemma Artin. It'd be better off if she was basically moulded into the Gemma Artin character, Des, Desri, and they just had a subplot where he thought he was going to sleep with her but then she slept with Nick Frost and then he tried to convince her that and so she was the Gemma Aston, Aston character and then later on he was going to try and sleep with her under things yeah, so that yeah, the actual love like interest that, yeah. was somebody who wasn't a complete you know vapid bitch oh. <laughs> essentially yeah. quite like you said if she wasn't good looking he wouldn't give her the time of day yeah no, that's what about enough, you likely. what was your favourite scene I really like I've called it the I'm Spartacus scene uh, yeah, okay. where Quentin comes in and says look we're being shut down uh, oh, so yeah. thanks guys and they, they each one at a time stand up and go actually I'm going to keep going and uh, it was really moving and it was far enough into the film that I've had enough of this Deep South style liqueur uh, selected for Asda 1299 um, where I was just really feeling every emotion of the film and just enjoying it um, and I really like those kind of scenes in the Spartacus film I really like that scene it you know, it brings tears to my eyes. In the Spider Man Two scene, you'll have to go. You'll have to go through me if you want to do it with Doc yeah. Ock to get to Spider Man, and they all like one one by one go. I really love those kind of scenes, the solidarity and the. Oh yeah, uh, I, I, I even like the way Gavin says. You know, he goes, "Well, it'd be a bit boring if you did it twenty four hours yeah. a day." You know, how's yeah. about we do it? In, you do twelve, 12 hours. hours yes. I do. Yeah. Exactly like yeah, they don't all just go. Oh yeah, me, me, me. They've they've all got a nice creative way. I just really like that. It's funny, moving, strong. Uh, Bill Nighy gives his best performance of the film in that scene, you know, because he's because he is he is as cool as them, but he's also got to be the administrator as well. Yep. So there's some good like um, gags in that sight gags as well, and audio gags. You know, when um, Midnight Mark stands up and doesn't actually say anything, that's quite funny. Um, yeah, I can't remember the character's name, but he stands up and he goes, "Well, I do have somewhere to go, and it's called Peckham. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to go there. I don't know why I've done it in a brummy accent, but yeah, yeah, because he's from Peckham. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> as the yeah. Line suggests. it just sounds like he's a brummy for some reason. Oh, I do have somewhere to go. It's by Icon, yeah, but it was in Harold. Yeah, Harold. There's a deleted yeah. scene actually where you know where they go on the stag, um, oh. where they basically don't get back in time for Simon's shift, and he's on it. Right. Harold does a whole 
uh, show for himself and they all get back and he says I'm really sorry I was just warming the seat I hope you're not too annoyed with me and uh, Angus says we're not annoyed we're really proud of you and it was quite a sweet scene actually shame it was Mm -hmm. uh, deleted yeah that's a good line that's a good line there's so many good lines in this film I think Um, that's so yeah what is your well I do you want my favourite line of the film oh sorry yeah yeah, we didn't get your actual number one yeah go for it no no I was just talking about your favourite scene Uh (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah favourite lines favourite lines yeah so yeah, it's it's more of a that little speech from the count when he's about to say the F word. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, I'll read it out. So he goes, This was the deal. I asked you all um well you to demand of me a very foolish thing and you sent ideas in their millions, but one idea has defeated them all. So I'm proud to announce I will be the first person to say the F word on rock and roll radio in the United Kingdom of Great Britain. But my aim is not to offend, it is to entertain, but also perhaps to educate a little. Because if you shoot a bullet, someone dies. When you drop a bomb, many die. If you hit a woman, love dies. But if you say the F word, actually, nothing oh, nothing actually happens. So here it comes, especially for you, the F word. And then he gets cut off. That's wonderful. And the, I like, the whole I like thing the... with Quentin actually then saying it lots and lots. Yeah. And, excuse me, sir, count, you know, <laughs> your mic's open. Yeah, and he's. I just like that. You know that. You know, if you shoot a bullet, someone dies. If you drop a if you drop a bomb, many people die. If you if you hit a woman, love dies. Yeah, you know that was yeah, pretty yeah. rock and roll. I like that. That's great. And 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 Philip Seymour Hoffman, as you know, he's he's my favorite actor probably of all time, and he he yeah. is wonderful in this role. And it's having watched The Master, it's not the sort of film that you expect that it'd be in. I know this is before The Master, but it yeah, I I really want to do a week long PSH marathon because he's such a varied film uh, yeah. filmography. But no, I, what I really like yeah. about that is well, it reminded me, and I've mentioned this on the pod before, I think, of Graham Chapman from the Monty Python's funeral, where John Cleese says, you know, I've, uh, I can I can see you now, Graham, um, as I'm writing this eulogy over my shoulder, saying, yes, of course, John, you're very proud of being the first man to say, I think it's shit, on broadcast TV in England. Yeah. Um, you you should take this chance to be the first man to ever to say fuck at a televised eulogy, <laughs> you know, and and it's just this wonderful moment and, and just a beautiful. Yeah. I sort of I sort of I blend those together, Monty Python <laughs> and sixties rock and roll. You know that kind yeah. of anarchic, anarchic, wonderful, timeless genius. I love that. I love that that, that eulogy where he goes. I'm glad you're dead, you freeloading bastard. <laughs> I suppose you all expect me to say what a great man Graham was, and now, yeah. now I'm yeah. glad he's dead, the freeloading. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, listen, if you haven't seen so it, honestly, funny. if you go to YouTube, Graham Chapman. It's there, isn't yeah, it? You, yeah. uh, like, funeral, it's, it's all there. Yeah. It's, it's anyway, I, bet I can guess your favourite line of this film. Oh, go on. I think it's at the end, or near the end, when the boat's about to sink and they go to Midnight Mark and go, go on then. How'd you do it? How'd you get all those girls? And he just goes, Oh, I don't really say anything until the tension grows too much. And then <laughs> I go, And then I say, Do you want something? <laughs> How is about it? What, is it? what about yeah. it? What about it? What about it then? Yeah. It's not my favourite line, but oh. it is one that really stuck with me. This film, I don't know when I first watched it, but it must be getting on for 10 years ago. And, uh, yeah. you know, if somebody said, Can you remember a bit of the film? That would spring to mind because it was like, Yeah, that's quite interesting that. Because there's a, probably a kernel of truth to that, if not a whole popcorn. Um, to it <laughs> and I did like that but actually I went for favourite line because it is ostensibly a comedy or it is in essence a comedy the one that made me laugh the most it's a comedy it is a comedy and it was when Nick Frost is telling the story of following through when he was having a 
when he was sleeping with a girl. Uh, and he says how his wife did then come home. And I, um, I got into a lot of trouble for pooing in the bed at four in the afternoon. <laughs> and just at the four in the afternoon, just gave me the biggest laugh of the film. I also really like it in the Spartacus scene where Angus says, who will have the courage yeah. to play the Seekers when the mood is right? And Dave says, this oh, yeah. I intend to celebrate the back catalogue. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, Reese Darby's. I actually think he's really good in this. He's wonderful. He's like... He's the one saving grace of this film, and it not to be utterly objectionable. He, uh, yeah, he's, he's a few. Uh, he, he's wonderful. Um, so, a recent uh, feature we've instigated his favourite shot yes. of the film. I, there are beautiful. I think fundamentally, it's beautifully shot. If not, you know, it's not. It's not a Denis Villeneuve film, but it's really no. a pretty film. Did you have a favourite shot? I did. It was at the end when Gavin's on the yacht and he's got the champagne. And he just raises a glass. To I think it's the main character. Mm. I really like that bit. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that is good. Yeah, because it's just it's like the perfect. They all somehow managed to go to the perfect boat for them. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll the, to the one, one woman. Said, we love you, Sam. We'll get our boobs out for Blakely. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Tits out for Blake. Please do this. Uh, we'll get some t-shirts made everyone don't worry you can, what is it and is it the um, Chris O'Dowd goes to the one who's like I love you yeah. the guy's name oh you've got your name on me <laughs> and you go yeah. very good looking woman almost certainly a psychopath if she's going to do that <laughs> that's not the one you marry yeah no no it's not is it <laughs> for me it's when it was on the stag night and it's when they do the sort of I think it's a Beatles inspired or it's uh, it's inspired by something but I've also seen it in the world's end where they're all in a line and they're silhouetted Walking down the street. Is it the yeah. song? Wouldn't it be nice to get on with my neighbours? I think that song is playing. Yeah. I, I just really like that shot, and I'm sure I've seen it in other films, and I don't know if it's inspired by a specific thing. Part of me thinks it's like Hard Day's Night or something like that. I'm not sure. But I really like the idea of the stag, all 15 of them silhouetted yeah. down, down the street. <laughs> yeah, and Reese Darby walked into the lamppost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That got a chuckle out of me. That's good. Uh, really good scene, though. I really like the yeah. uh, stag scene. So, all in all, you really took against this film. Yeah, I, I, I didn't enjoy it, no. Mm. No, I mean, you know. Sorry. Listener, please feel free to give us your thoughts on it, because it is... It, it was as bad as I thought it was going to be. Right. And you said to go in without expectations, which I did, and I was still disappointed. Interesting. Interesting. Well, we're going to have a little break where I can dry my eyes uh, about <laughs> this, this news. And after the break, we're going to have critics, Hughes Racing, a bit of socials, and a quiz. So join us after the break. Welcome back. Uh, Hugh, I'm going to ask you the question, but we do it every week, and it's always the same answer. Would you rather give your rating or hear the critics first? I'll give my rating first. Okay, now. Okay. Whoa. Oh, shit. Okay. Um, Hugh, out of ten, how many 4pm uh, poos in the bed would you give this film? <laughs> this film is a 4pm poo in the bed, and it's definitely a 4 out of 10. 4 out of 10. That is... If I'm honest, less than I expected, but it, it, it it's consistent with your review. It's consistent with your review, at least. And, you know, it, to be honest, you're not the only person who's disliked the film. So the aggregate, uh, the aggregator, Metacritic, gave it a 58%. Um, Still quite high. Which is higher than yours, admittedly. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of skewed by some positive reviews. So our good friend Roger Ebert 
Roger Ebert. Roger Ebert. Yep. Now, old Rog gave this a score of three out of four stars. Weirdly, well, that's quite high. Yeah, for the first time in his review, it's just a synopsis, really. It's not really? actually a review. There's, there's so few sentences to take out, even, that are a review. But, you know, he was he was positive about it. But he does say that mm. Richard Curtis knows how to handle a big set of characters and keeping them alive. Um, our good friend Mark Kermode, what do you think he thought of this film? I think Mark Kermode probably liked it, because this is the kind of film that he probably likes. You know, he likes Richard Curtis. He does. He does, and yeah. and, and that, that was it, really. So he even said, kind of, while he was watching it, because he, basically he was grinning from ear to ear for the most part, all the way through the film, and laughing. But he'll have, like, nostalgia for this period of time. Well, he's not I don't old. have. He's not, he's not that young either, Sam. Yeah, but he would have been, oh, sh- he would have been a babe in arms when this film is set. Um, he basically said that he tried to imagine that this film was made by Guy Ritchie while he was watching it because he, th- he did think that. He thought, yeah, but you're somebody who likes Richard Curtis, so you're going to just like this film because you like Richard Curtis. And he said it didn't work. He still liked it, even though he thought of it as a Guy Ritchie film. Is that him suddenly saying he hates Guy Ritchie films? Yeah, or rather <laughs> that this is not a Guy Ritchie film. So he just wanted to imagine if if somebody else tried to make this. Yeah. And he said a big part of it hinged on, hinged on whether you laughed at the twat joke. And he, and he cited not. Blackadder and Darling as well and said, you know, that, that was a funny joke then. I didn't laugh in this film at the twa- uh, so much as the, the Darling. I, I enjoyed the nostalgia and it's basically it's basically a reference to Blackadder, I, I thought. With that, it's just a little nudge to Blackadder. Um, and right. he said he sees all the problems with it. He said if you, play, if you showed it to a, a thousand film um, students, they would all point out all the structural flaws. He said Richard Curtis is a much better writer than a director. It's really baggy. It's unstructured. There's things that are mentioned that are never mentioned again. People come on the boat and you forget they exist uh, and all that sort of stuff. But it didn't matter. He didn't care about that because he just really enjoyed it. He enjoyed the fun of it. He really liked it. He really got on board with the characters. And he, like I said, he was basically grinning and laughing all the way through. I mean, for me, there's two redeeming features of this film. And that is that it's got strong acting performances from Philip Seymour Hoffman and Reese Evans and Reese Darby's funny in it, and that it's a, it is an interesting sort of premise, as I said yeah. in my uh, what I liked about it. Like this is something that I would like to see. Not I'll be honest. Not uh, I don't think I'd want uh, Guy Ritchie to do it, no. <laughs> but I could definitely. I would definitely like to see somebody. That would be like Roland do Emmerich film. doing a film about Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> um, you're going to blow up the glue for, for the sake of your enjoyment would you like to hear a really negative review of this film I'm not that bothered but I'll give on. it to you so I... this was a 30% it was 1.5 out of like 1.5 stars out of 5 Marjorie Baumgarten in the Austin Chronicle um, despite a title change from the boat that rocked to pirate radio this British import ex- exudes about as much outlaw swagger as Tom DeLay in a dance competition uh, I'm not sure about the cultural reference there. Um, forget about historical veracity in which this film's offshore radio broadcasting ship, Radio Rock, is a fictional stand-in for the actual operation Radio Caroline, which was shut down by the British government in 1967. The politics of pirate radio never get any weightier than its general oppositional tone of us against the man. And when it comes to the old sex, drugs and rock and roll equation, writer-director Curtis pretty much leaves out the middle entity, drugs. 
which echoes what you said. However, the biggest problem with Pirate Radio is its lax narrative structure. The film is a series of episodic scenes which spotlight a host of characters who, without narrative material, become a mere collection of quirks, costumes and gestures. This is all the more frustrating because the performances are good. Which I think echoes what you said, you know, it's yeah. it's not rock and roll because it's not, it's not. grungy enough, it's not real and druggy oh. enough. It's yeah. just the, there's no hang, there's do you know very what they few hangers done? in this film. But even for like the, the drug stuff, they could have had one scene where maybe one of them overdoses or something and throws up and they're like, oh no, he's doing a Jimi Hendrix, we better save him. But if Jimi Hendrix this was goes, still alive This goes back point. to the Bill Nye, he was, yeah. This goes back to the Bill Nye, he thing in that interview was saying look we've we just want it to be joyous and all that sort of stuff yeah. and for me it was like you know i i do bulk at very bourgeois middle class john lewis christmas adverts type things um, well this is i think this is the problem yeah. a little bit is is richard curtis is the most middle class sort he of is. he's clearly had a very comedy very writer. happy life yeah or he's had he's, a tragically he's, awful life and he's tried to make his films happy <laughs> he's He's clearly from a very privileged background, and you know he, he and he's went got to massive hands. And all this. Have you seen his hands? No, no, I didn't think they. I didn't think it'd be relevant. It was only one interview. interview. Maybe not. Maybe it was just a camera angle in that one interview. Fucking his massive Ford. hands. Weird. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Yeah. Donald Trump will be upset. Yeah, he will. He will. Um, so that you know that was a critical response. It's very mixed, and I, I'm, I'm you know I'm fine with it. It's a film that I love, but I'm not invested in. I think. Look, if you like it, that's the important. That is the thing. important thing. That is the important. And thing. if it's a remember film. that, and it, I, like, like, don't get me wrong. This is probably a film you could, you can sit down and watch with your girlfriend or partner or whatever. Or you know, you could have taken a girl on a date. It's that. It's inoffensive. Yeah. Well, apart from the rape scene. Um, yeah. yeah <laughs> and I did actually watch you with my partner. Must be best part of a year ago. And I said, oh, "I'm going to do what that. I'm going to do that for the podcast." And she said. Yeah, once was enough. I don't really fancy watching it with you again. <laughs> Thank God she didn't say that with you. So she, she stayed in the dining room and um, did some DIY. <laughs> well, I drink and watch this. Uh, well, I think it's a lovely film. Uh, right, let's get into the quiz. Oh yes, quiz, quiz. We still need a jingle for this. Um, so we we have a jingle. It's us going quiz. Who likes a quiz? Oh, I like a quiz. 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 Oh, I always love a quiz. There you go, that's jingle oh. material. Uh, question one. Not one, one, one. When they <laughs> Wait, were playing... Are you, are you, sorry, are you in a... Are you in a... <laughs> <room>? <laughs> it's Babe Ruth's uh, retirement speech. Um, what? Um, 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 um. <laughs> what clues did Thick Kevin give for Jesus? Oh, he had long hair and mates and no shoes on. <laughs> long hair, he was nice, lots of friends, wore a dress. I'll accept it. That's it, wore a dress. How yeah, many sorry. competition winners, question two, how many competition winners were welcomed onto the boat on Monday Mayhem? I'm going to say 200. And you'd be correct in saying that. God, I watched this film better than I Question think. three, what were the Count's final words before he jumped off the mast? I don't know. Fuck it, probably. I want Babaloo, I want Babaloo, Tootie Fruity. Yeah, he sang Tootie Fruity. Is that what he said? Yeah. But he sort of said it rather than sang it. Uh, question four. In it's the uh, Spartacus scene that I've mentioned, which character is the first to stand up and refuse to stop broadcasting? The Count. The Count. Do you remember his justification? He's not British. Yeah. He's like... <laughs> He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm an American. He's an American, not an American. <laughs> Question five. Uh, when Bob, 
is talking to Carl Bob. and he's, he talks <laughs> about, you know, mention me to your mum. Who's the musical artist he says to mention? Three Waters. Good stuff. Yeah. I heard a couple of mouse clicks. I'm hoping that wasn't to get to your notes about this film. Uh, no, it was me re inputting the mic. Getting, getting straight into your. Getting straight into That's your why words. there was a long pause that I'll probably edit. <laughs> I think you got four out of five. Oh. Uh, I didn't get the thing on. That's disappointing. That's I'm disappointed good. with myself. That's really I did good. so well. Yeah. You, 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 you love this Your film. questions are getting worse. <laughs> yeah. I secretly love it. You yeah. love this film. That's, yeah, that's it. <laughs> I just, just try to throw you off. And now, normally we ask, would you recommend this film? The answer is no. Um, is there anyone you would recommend this film to? I never said that I wouldn't recommend it. Would you recommend this film? It's just, it's a film I would never get to the point where I'd be like, oh, what about the boat that rocked? Yeah. You know what I mean? It would take me a while to, they'd have to have seen a lot of films before I mentioned this film. The context, blockbuster make a resurgence, they're all back. Nobody likes on demand anymore. They all like going to a physical store. Me and you, uh, hand in hand, post COVID, uh, walking through hand in hand, <laughs> just to Sorry. really celebrate it's, the post COVID. Just, world just skipping in. down the road into skipping into our blockbusters. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, uh, and I see it, and I say, "Oh, Hugh, uh, do you think I'd like this film?" And I'd be like, "Well, yes, Sam. You were the f- person who recommended." We did an episode about it on the podcast. Yeah, but remember, this is a utopian film where this episode never happened. Right, that would make sense. But anyway, better universe. It's a better maybe, universe. Maybe, um, no, I wouldn't recommend this film then. I just would, maybe to you because you recommended it to me because I know you'd like it. But that yeah, that'd be mental it? if you said no. Yeah, <laughs> you wouldn't recommend just, it. Yeah, fair enough. Fair it just enough. this is that that's a very strange argument. It doesn't really make sense, does it? Um, Basically, anyway, forget it. So you you wouldn't, which is fair. Not given really. That's absolutely fine. Now, Hugh, I'm disappointed. But I'm not physically. I wonder hurt. if I hate it as much as you hated Anonymous, though. Almost certainly not. I mean, we can't have. Because Anonymous isn't a terrible film, in my opinion. But I found and it I think morally this falls into repugnant. That. I found it morally repugnant as a as a, as a, as a creative <laughs> product. But at least that film actually, like, you know, it, it it basically goes. It doesn't just it doubles down, doesn't it, on its on its like alternative history and stuff like that it goes goes balls balls out to the wall doesn't it but so does this in the sense that it's a f- but the point I'm making is Roland Emmerich is not someone who is allowed to make that sort of film yeah I mean he's probably the wrong person to direct this film I'm not gonna yeah I can't I find that difficult to uh yeah, to dif- I find that difficult to argue with. And Richard Curtis probably is the right person to direct this film or to at least have written the screenplay for it. Yeah, you know, kind of like saying a Richard Curtis film is bad. It feels like a bit like, you know, punching Paddington Bear. It doesn't feel right. I'm not going to lie, yeah, but yeah. I was just disappointed. I was, <laughs> I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed. Just go, go into the, you know, the home counties or like the commuter belt outside London, go to Hartford yeah. and just... Just going to like a kid's party where they're yeah. celebrating the Jubilee or something and that yeah. and go, stop having, you know, street parties or whatever they're called. Because <laughs> the royals Stop are being something. so painfully British. Waitress is closed. Kicking you know, tea out of people's hands. And, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't sound like the sort of thing we plotted <laughs> to do 20 years ago in our little uh, West, West Yorkshire town. I mean, but... hey, look, the Queen's 70th Jubilee's in like 
two years time oh I'll god. be free <laughs> oh my god yeah yeah she will outlive us all so she literally she you know with her genes and medical science <laughs> yeah I mean I remember Brilliant you once when we were really young I remember you saying oh in another I think at that point it was like another 10 years or something you said or another 12 years she'll be like she'll be the longest reigning queen I was like oh, yeah. that's ages away this was in like 98 or something you told me this <laughs> I remember the I remember the moment or the moment of the day or the hour or whatever that she overtook Queen Queen Vic and it was uh, I was teaching in London that's like five years ago all right, maybe you said it was twenty years or something. Then <laughs> no, I don't. I don't remember the moment that I said that to you. I mean, I remember the moment that she overtook her. Oh yeah, um, no, that's what I'm saying. Is yeah. it like, oh, maybe when you said it, it wouldn't have been about twenty years away then? Not twenty, but like fifteen or something. She'll uh, yeah, she'll outlive us all. Now, in terms of outliving us all, Santa Claus is quite old. Yeah, um, and it's his birthday in a couple of weeks. You uh, to is. celebrate the birthday of our Lord and Saviour Santa Claus yeah. uh, we have to do a Christmas film it's just compulsory for a film yeah, podcast it's mandatory what is a Christmas film I've not seen that you have that you'd like to recommend well I don't know if it's you could class it as a Christmas film but it's definitely set at Christmas Look, it's been a, it's been yeah. agreed that Die Hard is a Christmas film yeah. so it's like in American Psycho if somebody wears a Christmas hat it's yeah. a Christmas film like um, Batman Returns is technically a Christmas film it's a Christmas film yeah. Um, so no, yeah. No need to debate I, it. So I learned that you hadn't seen the film uh, "Kiss Kiss Bang Bang," yeah. the um, Robert Downey Jr. and Val Kilmer film. Mm. It's from about two thousand five to Shane Black. So yeah. So Sam, what do you know about that? Those are the things I know about it. Okay. Um, well, we'll be doing that next week. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've seen a gif or a short scene of RDJ is on uh, on top of a car and somebody's shooting through the roof and he rolls off and shoots someone. I think. I'm suspecting it's some sort of nice guys, uh, vaguely detective-y kind of thing. I, I am, I'm on board with it. Have you seen As Nice you know, Guys? I love Nice Guys, and it, I yeah, love that. But you know that buddy cop. That. I love RDJ. I've really enjoyed Val Kilmer at various times in his career, yeah. and uh, I, I, I think I'm really looking forward to it. I've been wanting to watch it for at least a year. But as you know, our film viewing is dictated by this fucking yeah. podcast that we love doing. Yeah. Uh, but it does limit our options sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. But so we do, do it all for you. Just before and, Christmas, because if we did it the week money. after, it'd be after Christmas. So. Absolutely. But I'll tell you what we're going to do in the meantime, yeah. Hugh, listener. Um, Exciting. We are going to be doing all kinds of things, including that. We're also going to be guesting on ContraZoom Pod. Uh, to talk about Citizen Kane and Mank. Probably going to be the only people in the world talking about Mank and David Fincher and Citizen Kane. I, uh, the internet tells me we're the only yeah. people who are going to be talking about it in this, this month. So, yeah, listen to us on Contra Zoom Pod. We're going to be with our old friend Dakota. He was on the, the show. He's been on a couple of times for Before Sunrise and Life Aquatic. Has. He's really good. He's we're a very professional podcaster. Yeah. We're going to be on his show. He has to qualify for his series of... I can't remember the name of it, but it's basically where he talks to guests who've been on his show. We're going to finally be guests who've been on his show rather than just people we talk to on Twitter. Yep. Um, we, we're he's going to have show. to contain the madness. <laughs> yeah. So Dakota, if you've made it this far, well done. We look forward to speaking to you soon. Just in life generally, well done. Just keep, well done. Keep going. You're born in 89 like me, still yeah. going. Made it through two millennia. Keep at it, son. Yeah. <laughs> so, so listen, I, I love you. Like we we need to do Bill Nye, he loves rock and roll. We need to do the socials. Ah, uh, do we? 
Yes. <laughs> it's never yielded any results. Uh, <laughs> Hugh, if they want to tell us about Kiss One Kiss day. Bang Bang or Shane Black or their favourite colour of fucking trouser pocket lint, right. where should they tell us about those things? Pocket lint. You know, lint. No, yeah, I know. I'm, I know what Fuzz, it is. Like, I've seen it. <laughs> yeah, but why have you mentioned that just randomly? Just if they want to email us. Okay. In. Well, <laughs> I'll keep this short and sweet. What they need to do is they need to get their own pirate radio station yeah. out in the North Sea uh, mm. and then, you know, maybe do a broadcast where they dictate an uh, email to somebody and then they yeah. can email us in, yeah? <laughs> Sam, if they want to get us on like others, so sh- in other ways, how can they do that? Well, costing us in the street going should, talk to me they should go to twitter slash facebook slash yep. sort of instagram and type in at please watch pod and okay. what you should do is tweet at your followers the email address to this show Hugh what is the email address to this show that's a good that's a good point Sam I should have mentioned that shouldn't I <laughs> no, I should have mentioned it I'm not going time. to mention it <laughs> <laughs> do you, you know, know give a bit of mystery look in the show notes a bit of mystery we don't need to know do you know what you, I don't think I even put the do I even put the I don't you always do the, you always do Never, put, we've not got a single email I don't, think I, put, from my I don't think I put the twitter or the email who emails in the show notes it's not, no Sam do you know what the email address is doesn't matter doesn't matter <laughs> doesn't matter hasn't mattered for 72 episodes not really <laughs> I'm, I'm jumping forward an episode this is episode 71 it still won't matter next time no, this is episode uh, 72 so audience we know you're out there we know that there are literally dozens of you um i love you sam's been to your unconditionally. house unconditionally <laughs> hugh yeah i'm gonna yeah i love you unconditionally Why let's put you on his sure. cv but that's about as far as a relationship goes um <laughs> and we will talk at you next week hugh we will blessings to you my friend yeah rock and roll yeah bye, bye.